Today on the Sound Rider Show, we're talking a great semi-local dual sport ride. That's Rat Trap Pass up here in Washington. We're also talking about touring Vancouver Island and a Kardashian sighting in Alaska. We'll see all that and so much more ahead on the Sound Rider Show. Pendleton Bike Week is coming July 17th through the 21st. There's plenty going on this year, including the Northwest Moto Show, the 45 caliber Poker Run, the Rattlesnake 400 Competition, the historic Aircraft Flyover, performances by the Seattle Cossacks Motorcycle Drill Team, and much more. Join live music from the Marshall Tucker Band, a CCR tribute by Credence Revelation, and more music throughout the week. Can't you see? Can't you see? What that woman, Get your VIP pass online at PendletonBikeWeek.com and enjoy all the added benefits of attending the Thursday night VIP party, access to the VIP lounge all week, free shuttle bus rides, and free camping. For more information, visit PendletonBikeWeek.com. This is Jose Mateu with Skagit Power Sports. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington. Join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world this is the Sound Rider Show, the July episode where, fittingly, we're celebrating freedom, moto independence, both internal and external combustion, and so, so much more. Across, across from me here, as always, publisher, founder, more eight ball than cue ball, when it comes to motorcycling anyway, Tom Marin, and I, of course, am your co-host, Derek Roberts. Self-appointed editor-at-large and DR350 loyalist. Tom, where do you want to start, man? We're in the heat of it. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Man, you must have been practicing that opening for a while. No, huh? that was in the car on the that way over really here. Good. You know, I tried, uh, I tried to stitch some things together. We've got, <laughs> hey, in addition to be a, being a professional show, we've got a uh, world-class audience. You know that, right? I know, we do. Yeah. And they're from around the world. From around the world, that's right. And speaking of world-class why don't we kick things off talking about world-class motorcycle collections uh, right here in Washington. And you saw some at the LeMay. Yeah, Motorcycle Days. Motorcycle the, Days. That's right, yeah. down at the LeMay Marymount Museum. And uh, as we record this, of course, the event has just wrapped up. But we thought we'd maybe kick around a few highlights because they yeah. have over 120 classic bikes on display down there. Oh, which nice. It's pretty cool to see. And, you know, it always strikes me that... The Northwest is really chock full of car and airplane museums, but 
I wish that there were just a few more motorcycle museums scattered throughout. I mean, I know we've got some places that share some collections and stuff, but I really wish that we had more you know, emphasis on that here in the Northwest. Well, people have attempted that. Don't yeah. think that they haven't. That's true. Yeah, and uh, they've just never been able to get the funding together. But you know, you don't have to dig too deep to find some collections to go see. Very true. Um, you know, uh, where where you were this past weekend out at the Lemay yep. Marymount Complex. Um, they have a really nice collection of bikes there. Uh, at the LeMay Museum right there in Tacoma, near the Tacoma Dome. Yep, the America's Car Museum. Yeah, America's Car Museum. They always have a nice collection of stuff there. True. Um, uh, We've got dealers who have nice collections, and there's uh, always something going on at the museum down in Portland. Uh, The Wham Museum always has some stuff. But, yeah, in terms of trying to find a museum that's dedicated solely to motorcycles, you'll have to go to British Columbia for that. Yes, with the Trev Dealey Museum, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you know, you wrote a great article last month about these uh, coffee shops in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't it be really cool if one of these coffee shops decided to just do like 30 bikes always on display and then like turn over the rotation like every six months or something? I love the idea. Well, it would be a cool idea, right? I don't know if you can get 30 bikes into any of these coffee shops. But... Well, that's true. You'd have to find a, <laughs> a space to house it a little more appropriately. But, you know, a lot of these guys and a lot of these collections, in particular, like at the LeMay collection here, these are just private bikes that are in private hands. And a lot of these guys have 10, 15, 20, 30 mm-hmm. bikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you could find somebody who is really dedicated to sort of the history and the craft, and then put a little coffee shop in there, I think you might have something. But, hey, that's what we do here. We kick around some ideas, right? Yeah, and, I mean, you know, I hand it to the Pacific Northwest Museum of Motorcycling, who's always on the hunt for a venue to put in a new display at. Absolutely, yep. And they had a lot of uh, their panels up, of course, at the LeMay Museum. And, you know, Tom down there does uh, all the research and is kind of the curator for the Pacific Northwest Museum of Motorcycling, and it's – it's pretty impressive, some of the stuff that he digs up way, way back in time here. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the highlights. And then just the collection of bikes, too. One that really stood out for me is our friend, Ralphie Mogabi, who we had on the show, was that last month? Um, or the month before now, talking about... I think it was the month before. Yeah. Um, he had a, he's got recently acquired a nice 1974 Moto Guzzi V7 Sport. Oh, and uh, that I bet that looks a little different from the V7 of today. It does a little bit, but I tell you what, it really got my wheels turning, thinking, hey, maybe uh, that would be a nice next purchase for me to kind of recreate this with one of the new V7s, because it's all set up with luggage and everything. It was a pretty cool little touring bike, so mm. that was one of the highlights. And then they had sort of an emphasis on some of the Italian models this year, so there was a lot of cool Ducatis down there mm-hmm. and uh, some other really neat Moto Guzzis as well. And uh, just, you know, hats off to the guys for continuing to put on a good display. Yeah, you know, uh, David Huff uh, used to own a Moto Guzzi. Oh, yeah? And uh, Dave's always good at assigning proper nicknames to his bikes. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And uh, that one was called Thud. (laughs) (laughs) So that could be for a lot of reasons. I I know. I haven't quite gotten out of him yet what that means, but I'm sort of noticing when I'm in the Honda Element at 187,000 miles now, when I'm shifting from second to third, there's kind of a thud. Okay. All right. That's Uh when I was going to say, I know a few riders who should be called thud, but uh, (laughs) that's a little different than uh, the motorcycle itself. Um, but yeah, so all plans though that LeMay is going to bring back motorcycle days 
next year. I think they may alter the format a little bit, but uh, if you don't get a chance to, uh, if you didn't get a chance to get check it out to check it out this year, get down there next year because it's a pretty cool thing to see. And remember that if you want to go to the LeMay Museum some other time, they they do have a fairly nice selection of about 25 to 50 bikes that are yep. living there because, uh, as you said, they're private collections and they work it out with LeMay to store the bikes. So it's kind of getting like free motorcycle storage. That's right. Yeah, and that's actually for LeMay Days, one of the uh, – or rather the lead coordinator on there, Harvey – uh, he has a lot of his bikes always on display there in their quote-unquote mm-hmm. motorcycle room. So, and he will be happy to give you an entire tour of the grounds. Yes. And um, he's, he's, a, he's a great docent. He is, and he was one of their first there. So he, is, uh, he knows the place inside and out. And, uh, of course, they got a bunch of cars and just so much stuff to see down there. I, uh, I went to uh, L.A. in the middle of June and uh, – Went to the Peterson Auto Museum, oh, which I do cool. about once a year because my grandson says, Grandpa, can we go to the car museum? Yes. Said, uh, of course, I'd never say no. Yeah. So uh, they had a, a whole display of electric motorcycles. Oh, interesting. And they had the live wire on display. Really? Mm-hmm. So what did you think having uh, – this is the first opportunity to see it in person, I'm assuming, right? Because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I yeah. Had, that's the first time I've seen it in person. And it's probably one of their prototypes. I don't even know if it runs. Yeah. But um, I didn't try to ride it while it was there. <laughs> but uh, interesting because the, the, the copy on the, the board next to the bike said that it was the first large electric motorcycle. I'm thinking, well, I don't think that's really Yeah, true. I'm furrowing my brow here for all the uh, listeners. I'm thinking yeah. there's a couple for sale right now down on Aurora Avenue that are fairly good-sized bikes. Yeah, I would say zero falls yeah, into that the class. Zeros. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, there wasn't any zeros in the display. Really? And you'd think maybe they'd have had the first yeah. generation zero bike in that display, but they didn't. Or even right now, they should have their highest end model because that's that's clearly the front runner as far as performance and range, right? Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it seems like if you're going to bookend it, you should at least have something in there. But yeah, but not even a mention. So I wonder if there's some bad blood in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, or, maybe so. Anyways, uh, you've been riding. Just a little bit, yeah. I took some back roads around uh, Olympia and Yelm on a uh, trip or two, just kind of touring some country roads. But I noticed that you took a ride with a uh, group of friends from Sound Rider here that I wanted to get your insight on because uh, I might be taking that in the next couple of weeks here, I think. Okay, you're talking about the Rat Trap ride. I am, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'd never been over Rat Trap Pass before, and it's just up uh, outside of Darrington. Don't do this on a street bike. Uh, and advice. the word we were getting from the Forest Service was that it could be blocked by snow, but they didn't know for sure. So uh, we tootled our way up there, and uh, we went right through. Oh, no, no problems. Problem. Yeah. No problem. The picture was in pretty good shape. Yeah. It hasn't been groomed out this year yet, um, but it was in decent enough shape. It was a little bit rutted in some places, but, you know. It's a dual sport trip. To dual sport, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. all right. And Learn it looks how like to stand on your peg. <laughs> right. It looks like you had a few people join you too, huh? I did. Uh, our friend Hugh, who did, uh, I believe, the first two Sasquatch tours with us back in ten and eleven, was oh, cool. there, and then his buddy Bill, 
And um, didn't have a huge crew that day. That's okay, It's funny because, you yeah. know, we have like 800 on our list. Sure. And uh, I throw it out there, and, you know, they all say they want to go and ride with other people and this sort of thing. So those are opportunities for people. But we only ended up, the three of us, it was sort of like sketchy weather, too. Yeah. It drizzled in the morning. I and, tell you what, man. It, fair weather, it really gets a lot of people off the roads, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, people roll over in the morning. They think, I'm going to take a ride. And they peel back the curtain. And if it's not... Sun shining, oh, no, they go, yeah, there. not going out there. So, uh, did another ride too. Um, did the uh, Rattlesnake 400, yeah. So, uh, that went real well. We went down, we did the photo shoot, and uh, stopped a lot, took pictures. Very cool. Uh, I turned it all into American Motorcyclist, and I think that that feature is coming either in the August or September issue. Awesome. Well, you know, this is one that uh, schedules kind of got in the way because originally we were all lined up and Mm -hmm. I was going to join you. And then we were at high elevations when we had that original trip plan. They were actually predicting some snow flurries and well, some wintry mix. Yeah. So we canned it. Speaking of fair weather riders, but this was a little more than fair weather, it seemed. Well, the problem with that that time period was it was so darn cold. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I got some heat, but uh, I know that you didn't, and oh, I didn't yeah. know who else was coming, and I assumed that they probably didn't. Yeah, I would have been relying on the warmth of the listeners, which is not nearly enough to get me powered <laughs> over those higher elevation points in particular. But what would you say, would you recommend this as a uh, sort of notch in your belt ride uh, for anybody who lives in the Pacific Northwest? Here? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And if you go into the Pendleton Bike Week, they have a little competition going on with it. So right. that'll be uh, coming up here in July. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful ride and, uh, definitely take the time to pull out and look at the overlooks. Yeah. It's a 400 mile ride. It'll, it'll kick your butt, but it's, uh, it's quite nice. And as opposed to rat trap, this one, you can do this on anything. Yeah. Any, any cruiser bike, bike, anything. Right. So that's kind of the ideal. So the more comfortable the bike on this, the probably the better off you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've got something that's not comfortable for 100 miles, you definitely won't be comfortable at the end of 400. Right. And, well, if you're going to do that ride and you're here in Seattle, you're probably going to end up coming back on I-90 at some point, right? Is oh, that right? Well, you could. Does it loop back around there? Um, well, no, it loops back down into Pendleton. Okay. Well, yeah, For I guess technically it's a full loop. Yeah. But if you're going to come home at some point, you may find yourself on I-90, and that was kind of a hot oh, topic yeah. of discussion, right? Yeah. So uh, there was a thread that started up on social media about what kind of radar should I get? Yeah. Because I drive from Spokane to Seattle and I'm getting tickets. And uh, I don't know, you know. What, what did you think? You know, it's one of those tough things because I it's kind of like it's, it's the risky run, right? If you're, if you're going to be out there, you know, everybody should – they should ride safe. They should ride within their limits. A lot of riders don't know what their limits are, so I'm always hesitant to in- encourage people to to do anything that sort of pushes those without a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean the Washington State Patrol—they are out there, so you kind of have to you kind of have to balance that a little bit. I'm gonna, it's my politician answer, I guess. I think that if you're going to own a motorcycle that is fairly boring at 70 miles an hour, um, maybe you should keep that one for the track. Well, that's a suggestion, yeah. And then find yourself a bike that's exhilarating at 70 miles an hour. Sure. And enjoy the ride without getting the tickets and and worrying about the, the radar. 
Because sometimes the radar comes on a little too late. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I've never had any uh, practice with a radar detector on a motorcycle. I don't know how that works. Does it just flash at you or does it go into your helmet? Or yeah, how does you it... usually have it set up to go into your helmet and your Bluetooth, right. but you can set them up with a flashing light. See, this is when it happens when you ride uh, dual sport motorcycles your entire life. You don't worry about speeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just trying to get to 70 Exa- miles. An yeah, hour. exactly. I'm hoping for a backwind, <laughs> something to push me along. But, you know, it's always interesting, though, to see those types of feeds. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I think your suggestion's a fine one. There's, uh, here in Washington, too, we've got a lot of great tracks. I was just out at the ridge, actually, a couple of weeks ago, taking in a track day. I wasn't participating, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what a terrific track it is out there. Stunning, good pavement, yeah. and uh, we've got a lot of track day providers in the state, too, and in Oregon that uh, do some really great work, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for what um, that's worth. Let's see, what do we got? I think on the calendar, MotoFit's going to be out there. Yeah. Um, and we'll probably talk the, about that yeah, a, we'll talk about a little bit later, calendar. right? Yeah. Yeah. And probably in the uh, interview segment, we're going to dive into the rally in the gorge. Isn't MotoFit going to be uh, doing something with us down there? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, we get we'll to dive that. into that. Uh, but hey, let's take a break and, uh, gather our thoughts together and we'll be right back with the news bites portion. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, I'm Brian McMorin from Peachland, British Columbia, Canada, and one of my favorite rides is from the Ravina Curse between Moser and the Dalles. Hi, guys. This is Bill from Revit. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, we've arrived at the news bites portion, and uh, some not so good news happened in June. We had seven former Marines taken out by a pickup truck in New Hampshire. So there's nothing wrong with your podcast device. We're just going to take seven seconds of silence right now. All right, we're back. Yeah, so that was quite the uh, quite the scene out there too. And you know, obviously, that's not local to the Pacific Northwest. But man, anytime you know a motorcycle accident becomes a national news story, you know it's pretty tragic. Well, something that big too. Is yeah, major. You don't you never want to have that happen. I've, I've you know I know locally we've had some groups go down on like Interstate Five. Yeah, and uh, I think in that. That particular one that I'm thinking, there's actually two I'm thinking of, one on Interstate 5 and one on Interstate 80, 84 that uh, is primar- mostly injuries. Right. But nonetheless. Yeah. Well, just a reminder, you know, to ride safe out there and, uh, you know, hopefully we can all get through the summer in one piece and continue to enjoy the sport 
that we love. And uh, maybe on a lighter note. Hey, wait a second. On that rat trap pass ride? Yeah. It was so fun because the guys that I rode with know how I like to ride. And they know I like to have four seconds between me and the guy behind me. Distance, yeah. And it was awesome because they never had to worry about them being right on my back end. Really nice. Yeah, and especially when you're out on the dirt, you don't have to eat anybody's dust. Well, not as much no. anyway, right? So. Well, that was the benefit of the mist that morning. That's right. We didn't have any dust. Well, let's say you want to stitch together the ultimate weekend. You could hit Rat Trap Pass on your way north from, say, Portland or Seattle and keep heading up to Vancouver Island where I think you may have a suggestion or two for where to ride. So um, many of our listeners recall that our, we had to cancel the road trip tour on Vancouver Island this year because the accommodation situation was really spread out. Non-existent almost, yeah. And so uh, nonetheless, I went ahead and put together the ride notes and created the book as I would uh, any year on a road trip tour, and it is available now. So if you're interested in uh, discovering Vancouver Island and you want to get some decent information about where to go and where not to go and what to eat and what not to eat, sure. Um, that tour book is available online at the Soundwriter store now, and it comes with the GPS tracks. Which is definitely, uh, I think, one of those things that, you know, everybody talks about riding to Canada and that kind of stuff. But uh, if you're down here in the States, you kind of need to make a, a point to do it. And this is a great way to sort of maximize your time. Yeah, and when it comes to Vancouver Island, there just isn't a lot of information about riding there. You're absolutely right. And I don't think anybody has really – I mean, somebody may have, but I've not come across any information where somebody went in and – took it apart and put it back together again and created something that it makes it a worthwhile trip to go there. It's not, you know, you got a $70 ferry ride over yep. and then you got a $70 ferry ride on the way back. So you got to make it, you know, worth it. That's right. Well, store.soundrider.com if you want to pick up the guidebook. And back down here south of the Canadian border, uh, the Washington State Patrol is doing some, uh, I guess, what do you call it? Social media, promotion, awareness campaign. Mm-hmm. All those things in one? They, uh, what was it, 40? What was the number? Uh, 400, uh, I think, right? Well, no, it was, it was like, like oh, yeah, 400 uh, crashes since the 1st of January. Yeah. Um, so they went ahead and put together a video with an officer talking about ways to ride safe. Did you watch it? I did watch it. What, what did you think? Um, you know, I thought it was, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're around the sport and especially here at Sound Rider, we're always talking about all the gear all the time and riding safe. So to me, it read like a good reminder, mm-hmm. but I'm always, I'm always encouraged when the state at least acknowledges motorcycling in some capacity, because like a lot of these, not to get too far off topic, but a lot of like the transportation plans and that kind of stuff for the state, they mention bicycles to motorcycles, like 30 to one. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, I guess, to see some acknowledgement on that end. But for the most part, I thought common sense stuff. But, hey, I'm all for it. Now, I saw a, a guy who was doing some squid moves in there. Okay. I'd and, have to rewatch it. It's yeah, been a couple of weeks. And, yeah. and it was on public roadways. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of – I mean, it's trying to, they're trying to show you what not to do. Yeah. I don't know if I need to see a picture of a guy doing a wheelie down the freeway to know not to do that. Well, you know, if I'm doing it, I know I shouldn't be doing it in the first place. What but. what type of radar detector did he have? Did yeah, they get into that? yeah. <laughs> but you know, hey, I don't know. It's uh, like I said, it's kind of nice at least to get the acknowledgement, and um, it is one of those things. You know, we all share the roadway, so we do all have to kind of work together in that respect. And 
you know, we want people to ride safe. So I think they should have used you to do the video, not a not a state patrol officer. Yeah, send me on there. Been Derek, have you seen uh, my contract terms though? Those can be pretty pricey. Yeah, well, you said something about you need to buy me a new motorcycle yeah. because I'm not doing this on a DR350. Well, that's right. I was trying to add something to the collection, <laughs> but. I'm all for that. But, hey, maybe uh, I should uh, update my terms and include some new riding gear, like, I don't know, some high-end Italian stuff. What do you think? There you go. Yeah. To, to do that, you just need to go down to the Soda District. It's officially open now, the Dionysi store yeah. on First Avenue, kind of next door to the Elysian Fields. Yep, so right down in the, right in the stadium area there, you can walk to, uh, you know, the, not the Kingdom, but what is it now? Safeco? No, not even Safeco anymore. Is it T-Mobile Park? Uh, T-Mobile Park and then uh, the CenturyLink Field. Right. still it's cent- closer to CenturyLink Field. And it's still CenturyLink? Have we, we haven't changed the name on that or anything. Uh, that right? one is stay, yeah, it used to be Quest. Yes, that's right. That's uh, right. So I went down to the store the other day, mm-hmm. and I checked it out, and I got to say, predictably, it is stunning in there. And they have uh, the entire collection just about that Dionysi offers. So all the street, all the racing stuff. I also talked to one of the gentlemen down there behind the, uh, I don't know if he's the store manager or the counter, but um, they do uh, custom fittings for your race suits and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So we talked about track days. If you're getting into that or you are into that, you can go down and you can uh, get a custom or a tailored race suit. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Huh. Uh, I noticed that they uh, they also have all their other lines besides motorcycles. So they have like their equestrian line in there. And... Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't take note of that. I guess maybe I could have just been drawn to all the motorcycle yeah, stuff, but I didn't be. specifically notice that. But you you may be right. And they have the full lineup of the AGV helmet collection. In right. There. Yes. And they offer uh, sanitizing services for helmets and jackets. No, no kidding. So that's interesting. Uh, I've just looked into the website. I hadn't been in yeah. the store yet, but the website was well, in several places. They talked about the uh, the service of helmet sanitization. Okay. Well, that means maybe I'll have to. My, my old sanitizing method was just to set it in the sun for an hour or two and let it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and let the microbes multiply. Well, the same way I wash my bike, I just set it in the sun for oh, a yeah. little while. <laughs> I don't mind taking my helmets in in the shower. There you go. Maybe that's why the intercom doesn't work anymore. That could be part of the problem, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hey, this one uh, was not a shock at all. Nope. To find out that Motorcyclist Magazine is going to cease print production. Yep. They will continue to be digital. And, uh, I, you know, as, a, as I think it was 20 years ago, we uh, ceased print production. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or shall I say, we never even started with print production. The ultimate cease. So, uh, yeah, predictable, though. And I, I'm really liking Motorcycle Consumer News digital version because I can punch a button and, and have a reading view. Yep. And it makes it really easy to read the magazine. So I'm liking that. Um, all these magazines that try to replicate a full 17 by 11 magazine, it's, it doesn't really work digitally. So I like to push the reading view button Yeah, and be able to read the article just like I'm looking at a website. You know, I agree. And I mean, all the, uh, all the best if you want to do a print magazine, I've got no problem with that. But the reality is, it's just for me, digital is just... And I guess I'm kind of a book snob, which is maybe flies in the face of this. But digital for magazines, it just seems superior to me. 
Like you can search it if you find something interesting. You mm-hmm. can go back. You know, you have it on your phone. You've got all types of opportunities to read it. And your house isn't getting all stuffed up with with stacks of magazines. Yes, stacks like of all magazines. The ones that I give you when I'm done. <laughs> That's right, and then I go through meticulously, page <laughs> by page. But you know, just between like all the deliveries and stuff too, with like Amazon and everything, it's like sometimes I just look and I got stacks of cardboards and grocery bags, and it's like I don't need one other physical thing floating around if it can be replicated digitally so yeah you know yeah i'd be really interested to know what their final subscription number was though for print yeah that would be interesting yeah. uh someone will know that i don't know yeah we'll float it up if you know it put it up on our facebook page. yeah let us know um you know i made a list today of because uh, i'm thinking about doing a little art project uh, of items that the cell phone has replaced. Ah, yeah. And I came up with 40 things right off the top of my head. Woo! Calendar, phone book, yellow pages, sure. all this stuff. Friends, lovers. So, right. You know, I, I think I actually could find some room in my house if I start tossing all the multiple calculators here in the house. You're probably right, yeah. So, uh, Oh, another... Horrible accident. Actually, it was a horrible accident. Uh, William and Kate's motorcycle escort hit an old lady in the UK. So this is uh, what are these? Is this Prince? What are they now? Prince? Are they Lady and Lord? I don't know. What's the? Uh, was it Prince and Princess? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, I hadn't heard this story though. I don't so know my royalty that well. <laughs> Because I well, live in America. Yeah, I was going to say, see, this is why we struggle in our international market here, because we don't know <laughs> royalty. But I hadn't heard this. This was, uh, you know, the thing that stands out to me here is I wonder what royal escort guardsmen ride. Uh, I don't know, but I bet he had motorcycle boots on, huh? Yeah. I just wonder, are they, because you think about British bikes and that kind of stuff, do you, I mean... Oh, you mean what kind of motorcycle do they ride? Yeah. Oh, it must have to be a Triumph, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you would think here that everything would have to be Harley, but we've got people on Hondas and uh, and BMWs, yeah. too, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Look that up. Another one for the internet, if you know. Post that on the <laughs> Facebook and let us know. And then in Colorado, somebody struck a deer who was pregnant with two fawns, and uh, that deer has now deceased, and as well as one of the fawns. But one of the fawns made it through it. Wow! So I think you know, if you're going to give that fawn a name, you got to give it the name of whatever bike it was that struck it. So you're going to call that fawn Harley or Honda, yeah, or, you know, something like that. Well, that means you're going to keep it as a pet, or What's your obligation there morally? I don't know. The last headline I saw, they said they wanted people to stay away from the farm. I gotcha. So I, 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 I can't imagine they just left it out in the woods to fend for itself. I don't know. They must have put it into a, uh, you know, some sort of a baby fawn I think, care. Center. I think I'd call it thud. Thud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, sad to hear that uh, moto journalist Davy Johnson uh, disappeared on a motorcycle in California. He was test riding a CBR 1000, and uh, they have located his body in a river. Um, so anybody who enjoyed reading his uh, write-ups and that sort of thing, uh, and if you saw the headlines go by, I, I, I had to really dig to find out if they found Yeah, him. I was going to say, I hadn't heard that they did. Yeah, yeah, so they did. So 
Yeah, because for a while, I mean, the the initial reporting was very uh, who done it, sort of what happened, very mysterious circumstances, kind of it seemed. I, I thought it was odd that they couldn't find him faster. What, don't we have like like metal radar now, where we can aim it at the ground and find large blobs of motorcycles in the, in the ditch or whatever? Yeah, or you think maybe like some sort of cell phone triangulation to sort of get yeah. in the zone and. But I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Maybe he didn't have his fine people app lit up on his <laughs> yeah. iPhone. I don't know. Well, a sad story anyway, and uh, you know, that's it was such a it was such a bizarre news cycle for that. But uh you know, I guess they, they at least they found found the body, unfortunately. It sounds like he's passed away, so So uh so enough with all the uh sad stuff people yeah. getting hit by bikes yeah, and no stuff like that. Um I ran across a show for for anybody who knows me well they know that I don't have uh super duper cable TV. I don't have Netflix or HBO or any of that stuff. Sure. So so don't talk to me about Game of Thrones or any of that. But I do have uh, uh mixed into my Roku I have the Pluto app. Okay, yeah. Pluto's a great place to go and kind of lose yourself. Free TV, right? Yeah, it's free. Yeah. yeah. It's free. So uh, I came across a series that ran in 2014-2015 called Alaska Off-Road Warriors. Have you ever seen this? I've never even heard of it, but See, that's I'm what intrigued. I, thought. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking, you know, I, we'd all heard of the Ice Road Truckers, yep. even if we didn't have access to that. Uh, but I'd not heard of this show, and I watched it last night, and it was amazing. So it's five teams of people. Uh, two people in each team, so there's ten people, and they are up on these like uh, totally dilapidated roads in Alaska, yeah. trying to move like a hundred miles a day, but in 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 jeeps, okay, you know, I got gotcha. four wheel drive vehicles, yeah. And then uh, a lot of time they're having to move the land anchor from one point to another to winch the truck up out of the latest mud bog that they went into. Makes they, sense. That they were a- unable to circumnavigate. So any dirt bike appearances or anything like that so out here? So there wasn't, or? but it got me thinking, why are we doing all these these rallies here in the Northwest now? Why don't we move, you know, the, yeah. the big one up to Alaska and let's do it. Let's, let's get serious, man. Yeah, rally in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to okay, do the Valley right. Gorge in Alaska, but there are off-road companies that that like to put on rallies. Uh, we have three of them here in the Pacific Northwest that make luggage or aftermarket, etc. We have four of them. Yeah, we have a lot. We have five now that I think about it. Right? <laughs> yeah, probably more. One of them needs to go to Alaska and have this super testosterone rally weekend. I agree. I wonder. Uh... What do you think um, – what's the prospect of having a, a BDR through there? Yeah, where's the Alaska BDR? I right. want to see that that route come up. Because I wonder if there's – I mean are there any offshoot or would, you, would it just be the Alaskan Highway all the way to the Arctic Circle? No, no. These guys, these guys were out on these little two-track roads. Okay. Now, they could have been close to the Alaska Highway. I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I wonder how – The exact proximity of where they were. See, that's a good question because how cooked are – because you remember the whole Bear Grylls thing, right? The what? The Bear Grylls. Do you remember he was the guy, the uh, former British Special Forces officer? He'd go out into the wild 
and he'd survive. He'd eat like raw fish, and then they'd throw him off like a waterfall and all this kind of stuff. I don't know that. One. You don't remember that? Okay, that but was. Anyways, a, it was yeah. a sensation for a while. Uh huh. But then he got a lot of heat because it turns out at night, him and his crew were going to like these four star, oh yeah, five star resorts, right? or they go to McDonald's or something. Like yeah. That. So I wonder if uh, <laughs> like these are just like. You know, some guy's driveway that they're shooting off of the Alaskan highway, and then they're stretching the footage out. Maybe so. Yeah. How, well, how I would recommend you you watch it. You can go to the History Channel website, and yeah. you can watch episodes of it there. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little. Uh, that's interesting. I'm a little concerned that it's cooked because I'm looking right now, and I see a Kardashian in one of the photos. So I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you see a Kardashian? Yeah, she's on uh, Alaska Off Road Warriors. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to continue to digest that joke. Let's take a little break. When we come back, we've got the calendar. Support for SoundWriter and the SoundWriter Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hi, my name is George. I'm from East Wenatchee, Washington. One of my favorite rides is in southeast Oregon up onto the Steens Mountains and back down. Hello, this is Harold Olaf Cecil from Giant Loop, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Studio on the Sound Rider Show, and we're going to jump into the calendar. But first, one last breaking news bite item. Two, two. You want me to go ahead and lead off here? Yeah. First of all, we're talking about the uh, UK police escort a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, according to Wikipedia, the most common police motorcycles in the UK are the BMW R1200 RT and the Yamaha FJR1300. So there you have it. Yeah. No, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear Triumph in no there No Triumph anywhere. in there. I'd be raising... No allegiance to the... I'd be raising Kane if I were them. Man. You know? Man. But it sounds like pretty typical for, uh, I guess, any Western nation, probably, the R1200 RT and the FJ1300. And so the other uh, good news is that uh, I got I finally got your joke. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got it. Lots of uh, lots of stuff coming up on the calendar here, and uh, we don't we don't tell you everything that's on the calendar. We that's just right. highlight certain things. Uh, you're just going to jump on soundwriter.com backslash calendar to get everything. Uh, but uh, starts on uh, Thursday, the 11th of July, goes through Sunday. It's the annual Hell's Canyon Rally, and of course, this is always a big one. This is. Do you think this is? The second or the third biggest motorcycle event in Oregon. It's got to be up there, right? Because, I mean, Pendleton Bike Week, the Chief Joseph Rally is pretty big, Hell's Canyon Rally, I I guess the the One Moto Show. I think the Hell's Canyon's in the middle of that. Okay. And then there's got the One Moto Show, too. I don't know what the turnout is on One Moto. Well, it's got to be pretty decent. They had Indian as a lead sponsor, so Mm -hmm. it can't be too far off, but... Uh... 
and on uh, Saturday the 13th, this happens every second Saturday of the month, but we, we highlight it during the more likely times you may want to go. Uh, there will be the second Saturday at WAM, the Western Auto and Airplane Western Antique Yeah, Antique Museum. Auto and Aeroplane Museum, I believe is. I think I think the way it goes is Western Antique Auto and Air No, Air and Auto Museum. All right. But anyways, they have uh, a nice collection of bikes there as well. They so, do. So uh, we had our rally down there a couple of years ago. That's right. And people really enjoyed going in the museum. So if you're a motorhead and you need a destination, that's that's the one to put on. Your oh, list. always a highlight. And not to mention, um, you know, just the ride down there. No matter which direction you come from, if you're coming from Portland or from like the Seattle area, you can take some good back roads into Hood River. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, keep that in mind. As long as there's no snow. Yes. And you can you can find out about that when you go to Soundrider and click on more and click on resources and there's our uh, list of all the road conditions. Is there anything that that website can't do? I tell you. Yep. Get the weather and everything. That's why we don't do a print edition. That's right. Update in real time. That's right. Uh on Saturday, July 13th at Pacific Raceways, Jesse Murphy and the team from Cascade Motorcycle Safety and Truett Motorcycle Education will be running their Street Strategies class. So this is not actually a track day per se. This is where you get to go and learn some street skills in uh, in a one-way environment without all this other vehicular traffic around. That's right. And not to mention you get the opportunity to learn from one of the best instructors in the Pacific Northwest. He That's really knows true. his stuff. So. Uh, let's see, Sunday and Monday. Notice I said Sunday and Monday, not yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Right. MotoFit Group will be out at the Ridge running their track days on uh, the 14th and the 15th. So it's the one time of the year when they come up here. They run uh, usually run three down in Oregon and one up in uh, Seattle area. So And they always do a good job, too. And that's another uh, opportunity to check out one of the other tracks here in the Northwest. So. Mm-hmm. Worth that, too. Wednesday the 17th, down in the uh, Georgetown area, will be the Backfire Moto event, which is uh, only happening during the sunnier months now. Yeah, it seems like about uh, seven or eight months a year, right? I think, uh, I think so. Or at least this year. I was just down there in June. Uh, I had actually worked with the guys at LeMay to bring up a small display of classic oh, nice. bikes. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a last-minute thing we pulled together, but a good crowd down there. It's a good It's a good venue. they got some cool mm-hmm. stuff, so... If the weather's good, they always get a lot of people. And yeah. when you have a lot of people at a motorcycle thing, that means you have a lot of bikes to gawk at. And that's kind of the whole point of the exercise, I think. On uh, Wednesday through Sunday, July 17th through the 21st, is going to be the fourth annual Pendleton Bike Week. Wow, four already. And uh, they got the Marshall Tucker Band playing this year. They got a bunch of other bands. They have a bike show. They're actually working with... Uh, Kind of a, um, I think it's the one moto people to put on a, a bike display there. Very cool. So uh, Thursday through Sunday, July 18th through the 21st, is the Washington State BMW Riders Cascade County Rendezvous. That's right. I will be in attendance for that You'll one. You'll be there. I'll okay. be out there, yep. Good. Um, yeah, ride the merry-go-round while you're there. All right. They have a restored merry-go-round at the fairground there in Republic. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, Sunday, the 21st, 
out in Pullman, Washington. I've always wanted to go to this, and I can't go again this year. Uh, it's the Cruising for Critters ride, so. which is a fundraiser that raises money for the uh, local... I got it right here. The Whitman County Humane Society. There you go. And, uh... Yeah, it's a poker run. He always gets people out on the back roads, so you're not going to be out on the main highway a lot. You're going to be doing your poker run through a lot of the back roads out there. And really, how many opportunities do you have, if you're not from the area, to ride the Pullman, you know, the Pullman area of Washington? There's some good scenery out there, Mm -hmm. and this is one of the... Really, one of the few events that I see come up out there. I'm sure other things happen, but... It's the Palouse. Yeah. It's time to cut loose in the Palouse. <laughs> they get that on a bumper sticker. Uh, and the reason I can't go is because on Monday, July 22nd through the 26th, is the annual Sasquatch Dual Sport GPS Adventure Tour. So you're saying you might be busy? I think I might be busy. All right, yeah. I think it might be one of those times when I'm not sure if I'm working or playing. But uh, really looking forward to hooking up with everybody out in Wallace on Sunday night. For sure. And uh, going over through Moon Pass on Monday and uh, doing all the different places, the Magruder and the Lolo. And yeah, how cool is that going to be? It's going to be real fun. And if you've already forgotten, we posted on Magruder uh, Corridor, uh, what was that, I guess a month and a half ago or so as we record this. And that took off. People are interested in riding that. Yeah. So if you're looking for an excuse to get out there, maybe check out the old Sasquatch Tour. On uh, Sunday, July 28th. We have a Bikers Against Child Abuse poker run that's heading out of Eugene from the Harley-Davidson shop there. So if you're, if you're into that kind of thing and you want to help out the program. Yeah. Or if you're just looking for an excuse to ride down to Oregon. Yeah. 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 I need an excuse. <laughs> well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people need a little motivation, so uh, we got to give it to them, you know? I think I'm going to have to go to Oregon pretty soon and start working on a pre-riding for the Rallying yeah, Gorge. Yeah, that's huh? coming up fast here. All right. Speaking of Rallying Gorge, we're going to take a little break right now. When we come back, we're going to cover some of the highlights of this year's Rallying the Gorge. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com slash rally. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm from Vancouver. One of my favorite places to ride in BC is the Duffy Lake Pass. It's a 600-kilometer loop leaving from Vancouver. Uh, as soon as you get past Whistler, there's hardly any traffic up there. There's endless twisties, and you go from a high mountain pass down into basically desert roads. There's so much to see, and it changes so much in a short period of time. Hi, this is Ralphie Mogabi from Rockstraps, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Motorcycle riders, welcome back to the Crow's Nest Studio and the Sound Rider Show. We're in lieu of an interview this month. We're going to take a deep dive into the premier Sound Rider event, 
the Rally in the Gorge, which is really just coming up now, man. It's right around the corner. Coming up in August. Yeah. yeah this is going to be an interview. You're going to interview me. Okay. Well, let's interview away. Why don't I get things started? <laughs> so here we are. We're going into what? Is this year 18? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I think yeah, last year was 17, so 18 would have followed on that. That would make sense. That's right, but we're coming up anyway, you know, real close to 20 years, and every year things are a little bit different, but every year they're great. Where do you want to get started? Where uh, where do you want to pick things up here? Well, that's what I like about doing, you know, planning it out each year is knowing that I'm not going to do the same thing every year. That's right. And I, I like to keep it interesting. You know, we got people who who like to come back year after year after year. I don't want to bore them with the same fun run route yeah. or the same food or so uh, so. Uh, Let's get started. Let's let's start. Let's so, talk about the dates first. Let's, let's okay. plug that. So it's right? August twenty first through the twenty fifth, and uh, and we've been told by the weather gods that everything is going to be perfect. It's going to be clear. So buy your ticket now. Yeah. 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 So Wednesday yeah. though, folks can come down, right? Because that's the twenty first is a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then uh, rolling into Thursday is really kind of the official kickoff where we've got the burger feed going on, right? Well, Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you get there Wednesday and start soaking it up for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a stunning area, so why? Why not? I think take it's as one of the only five-day rallies. Well, maybe Pendleton Bike Week is a five-day rally. Yeah, yeah. It could be, but either way, this is uh, a little bit different than Pendleton Bike Week, it and it's focused on mm-hmm. the riding. So mm-hmm. let's jump into that maybe a little. Okay. Huh? So uh, the first kind of highlight I want to cover here is uh, the fun run this year. Yeah. So we've got two fun runs going on. We've got one for the dual sport guys, and we've got one for the for the pavement riders. And uh, for the pavement riders, their fun run is called the Mission Museum. Nice. And we know there's a lot of cool museums in the gorge. Yes. And if you've been down there a few times, uh, you probably already know about the Gorge Interpretive Center and uh, the Hood River Museum and uh, uh, the, the one over in uh, Stevenson. Right. And so what I did was I did a little homework and I found some not so well-known museums. A little off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. That's your mission. Exactly. Yeah. And so to get you there, you're going to have to go on some pretty cool roads. Awesome. So uh, it's going to be a a selfie-operated fun run. I love it. You just have to go to the museum, take a picture of yourself in front of the museum. Each museum is worth a different amount of points depending on its distance from the fairground. Very cool. In fact, it doesn't even – the fun run doesn't even happen on one day this year. It happens across – Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when we want to get all your selfies in and and tabulate your score. Well, that's really cool, yeah, because usually, you know, we in the past it's been a one-day thing, but this gives you an opportunity to really spread out some of those rides and not only to take advantage of every stop on the fun run, but then able to mix in some of the bigger rides too, which would be really cool. Exactly. So if you're going to go hit a destination point that's there for another reason, for instance, uh, we're going to have a day where you can go and ride the Oregon Raceway Park. Yep. And – I believe two of the museums are out in that area, so you can kind of 
make it all happen at once. Yeah, and do you think uh, – do you envision people stopping and going and checking out these museums, or do you think people are going to snap the selfies and go? Well, that's that's how you get the bonus points is if you go into the museum and you make a donation or you buy an admission, cool. then uh, you just need to get a receipt from the museum that shows the amount that you put in, and you'll be scoring some bonus points off of that. Very cool. Uh, I don't want you to, to run out to one of these cool places and not check it out. Yeah, another reason to spread it out over a couple of days, right? So exactly. So find yourself wandering through a museum for a few hours, all is not lost. And we will tell you the hours of the museum so you can plan ahead. So if you're, if you're going to come into the rally on Wednesday or early Thursday, uh, first thing you want to do is pick up your sheet and then uh, sort of plan your strategy. Yeah. So Map it out. Yeah, absolutely. So that's for the street guys. Yeah, so the dual sport guys, uh, their thing is uh, Operation Hatchery. Very cool. So they have to go to five hardly known fish hatcheries. Now that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And then we've got, you know, dirt routes in between the different hatcheries. And uh, some some hatcheries I, I had never seen or heard of in my life. Well, you know, that's the thing. Because sometimes you're just riding around in Oregon and Washington, particularly in the Cascades. You find yourself on these Forest Service roads, and all of a sudden you see a brown sign with white lettering that says Fish Hatchery. Yeah, and you just go right by it. You go right by it, yeah. So it's a great idea. I love that. So you'll score points, uh, a similar point system, depending on how many miles that fish hatchery is from the rally site. Right. Will determine how many points each one is worth. And then uh, if you go in the fish hatchery and you fish and you catch some fish, then we get you bone. Oh, no, that's not that. I was going to say, we bring that back for the uh, – <laughs> if you do that on Wednesday, bring it back for the burger feed on Thursday. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's very cool. That's a great idea. We'll, uh, we'll come up with some – these are not all finalized yet. That's we'll right. We'll come up with some kind of uh, – uh, bonus system for you. That's right. So if you're listening to this at some point in late July or August, we should mention too that we're recording this sort of in late June. So there's plenty of time to get these these details uh, ironed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, told you about Oregon Raceway Park, and uh, if you've never done a track day and you want to get on a track and see what it's like and see maybe if a track day is for you, it's a really cool racetrack. I agree. So, uh, you know, it's modern-day racetrack. It wasn't built back in the 60s. It's not part of an airport or anything like that. It was specifically designed for cars and motorcycles to race on. Yeah, and this is one of those things that there's always so much going on at the gorge, you know. That's why you can come back year after year because this may be something that, you know, you'll have an opportunity to do this year. Maybe you won't have the opportunity to do it next year. So keep shaking things up. A lot of people will say, well, I always wanted to go to the Rally in the Gorge because uh, you guys get the Mary Hill Loops Road, and I've always wanted to ride on that. Yep. So, uh, yes, we have it once again this year. Very cool. Uh, Jesse Murphy is teaching his clinic in the morning. That's an extra $109 to do the clinic. The clinic is all done in one-way traffic. Uh, you'll be working on body positioning. Uh, that'll be the focus this year. And then uh, in the afternoon, if you don't want to take the clinic, you can still go in. And as a registered attendee of the rally, you can show your wristband and your insurance card and and go and ride the road in two-way traffic. Yeah, how awesome is that? If you're listening and you've never seen a picture of the Mary Hill Loops Road, 
Google that immediately before you listen to the rest of this podcast. Because I'll just be. go to the soundwriter.com backslash rally website. There you go. It's already up there, it's so check it out there. for sure. And also a quick note on that. Oftentimes, uh, Jesse's clinics do sell out in advance. So yeah. if you want to get on that and make sure that's part of your rally experience, go ahead and do that now. Uh, another reason to go. Yeah. Uh, chocolate. Or balsamic shots. Mariah, you've piqued my curiosity. Now, here. what's the last motorcycle rally you went to where you could get ice cream with chocolate? Well, you know, could, chocolate over the top cons- or balsamic shots. Considering that you handed that to me personally, I'd have to say it was the rally in the gorge last year. Did you like the uh, the balsamic? I did. There was yeah. a lot of uh, compliments from the crowd, too. And I have a chocolate balsamic that I think I'll bring down this year. But I also have like a Cascadian berry balsamic. So we put that over the Tillamook vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Yum. I mean, tell me, honestly, where else are you going to get that? I don't even think you can get that at a restaurant in town in Hood River. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Patent that. Just stay out of the restaurants and eat at the rally in the gorge. There you go. Uh, and, and I don't know. I'm not really... I should point out that we're upping the food quality this year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to buy a lot more local stuff. We're not going to buy a lot of the industrial stuff that we've bought in the past. Uh, a lot more organic stuff. And we won't even tell you what's organic and what's not because, you know, that freaks some people some out. Some people you know? it does, yeah. Oh, God, you're going to make me eat like my ancestors? Oh. All we're going to do is tell you that it's delicious. And, I uh, need GMO. <laughs> hopefully you'll concur. <laughs> All right, we're talking about the Operation Hatchery. Uh, oh, hey, um, we have a lot of uh, seminars uh, going on the Law Tigers main stage. Yeah. And uh, one of them is going to be a accident scene management put on by uh, Trina from Idaho. Excellent. Who works with Idaho Star and has her own accident scene management company which is fantastic because it's something that uh is one of those things you know we never like to think about it but then every once in a while something happens as reported in the news bite segment yeah and uh it's good you know the more it's sort of like uh the guy who carries the the air pump right yeah, he's be me he's good for the group <laughs> so if you can get at least one person for your party to, to get knowledge on that hopefully he's not the one who gets knocked out but uh if you've got somebody there that can help out in a serious situation, it's pretty important. Uh, Jesse Murphy will be doing a suspension clinic again. Which is always a hit. Um, we'll, we'll be putting together some pro-tech seminars, but I don't know what they are right now. Those went over pretty good last year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we've done this for, I think, two years in a row, and I think we're going into our third year, Moto Video Festival. <laughs> and we're getting better and better at this every year. Yep. So it's going to be a four-hour video festival spread over four nights. So it'll run uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And these videos are curated from where? For and the, the videos are curated from highlights of all the major worldwide events that happen. Right. Some you may know and some you may not know. Very true. Uh, and there's some, some kind of cool, you know, Iron Man type dual sport challenges that I, you know, just I learn about them from other people. And then I find the highlights and we string it all together. So it's going to be uh, fun each night. Yeah. And uh, you can, you can uh, get your popcorn, no charge. There you go. And, uh, and you can uh, buy a scoop of ice cream. With uh, balsamic or chocolate, which is always a great way to put a cap on a long riding day, right? You come into the uh, the nice air conditioned pavilion there and uh, take in 
you know, a little video action with your fellow riders, get some ice cream. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah. 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 Um, when you come to the rally, um, a lot of people like to uh, get clean, filtered water for their water jugs or their bladders. And uh, we will have the filter on in the kitchen again. So you can just come over to the kitchen, hand us your bladder or your uh, – your water bottle, and we'll fill it up with filtered water. I tell you what, the rally basically pays for itself. <laughs> There's a lot of you know? value right yeah, there. Yeah, at that point, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on now. We don't want you going out and buying plastic bottles and throwing them out in the woods. No, I think like that's, that. that's a good touch for sure. Uh, this is a little cool number that we discovered several years ago when we did the books. And we added up all the miles in the GPS tracks that we have. Uh, 700 plus miles of routable dirt. Oof. Now, we'll give you uh, five or six different suggested routes, which we change each year. Yep. And uh, if you want to go deeper than that, you can either ahead of time get yourself a copy of the Dual Sport Rides in the Columbia River Gorge uh, with the GPS tracks and kind of come up with your own stuff. Uh, and you know, bring it to the rally with you, or you can buy one at the rally, and we'll tip you off to a couple other places. But, uh, yeah, there's so many places to ride. Well, I tell you, 700 miles, and really— And that's dirt. It's dirt in every direction. Is it's Honestly, it's stunning. And like, I mean, got, I mean it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. A 1,000 miles plus of routable pavement in those books. Good twisty pavement out there, too. Yeah. 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 And All the little things I found by reading bicycle maps. Very good idea. And I would mention, I think we talked about this two years ago, do you remember? I think Oregon was rated fifth in the nation for road quality, right, for their pavement quality. Yeah. Right? So they were the best in the Pacific Northwest here. So Quite good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, when I was working on my books about Oregon, uh, I was always, almost always impressed with the with the pavement quality. Oddly, the one place that I wasn't impressed was on the south end of the Rattlesnake Grade. Really? The, the, again, this, this uh, spring when I went over, the quality of the pavement was not very good. As soon as you cross into Washington, it's real nice. It picks back up. Huh? But out in the gorge, Washington and Oregon, you get pretty good pavement quality all the way through. Yeah, and 1,000 miles out there, too. Woo. 1,000 miles of routable rides. That's pretty awesome. So anyhow. Um, that's some of the highlights, and we're going to be publishing highlights uh, kind of every other day on uh, on our Facebook page, which will maybe transfer to the Twitter account. Um, sometimes they transfer to Instagram, but the best place to watch these fly is right on the Facebook page. Yeah. So, or uh, just to go to the website, and you can get all the details there. Um, you can if they're coming in on Twitter. They'd be coming in on news bites on Twitter. Okay, but yeah, I mean, all yeah, the, uh, the a lot highlights, of the highlights yeah. are right there on the rally web web page. And of course, registration is also open now. So if you want to buy your tickets, go ahead and do that and start penciling that in. Request the vacation time and get the bike ready. Cheaper to do it advance than it is to do the walk up. Absolutely. So. All right, we're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by. Seattle Cycle Center. As more and more shops discontinue sales of apparel and aftermarket gear, Seattle Cycle Center continues to provide a wide selection of everything you need for your next ride. Family-owned and operated for more than 30 years, Seattle Cycle Center is your destination for helmets, jackets, pants, boots, gloves, rain gear, and much more. Visit their store on Aurora Avenue soon. 
All right. My name's Sean. I'm from uh, Bremerton. I got a KLR650 and a Goldwing. And my favorite ride is anything that involves dirt, uh, especially if I'm on the Goldwing. This is Garden Robinette from Trail Tech, makers of Voyager. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. on into the final segment here on this July episode and of course a cursory happy 4th of July even though you may listen to this before or after then but really do hope you get out there this month and get a chance to enjoy some of that aforementioned moto freedom and to help you do that we're not going to leave you without some tips and tricks because that's what we do around here on the sound rider show right Tom that's right yeah so what do you want to do? You want to kick things off, or do you want me to go for it? Sure, I'll, I'll kick it off. All right. Well, I just want to remind everybody, it's summer, so it's a great time for gazpacho. There you go. Oh, wait a second. This is not the Seattle. The wrong show. show again, yeah. <laughs> Look for a next month's episode, that uh, bike gazpacho that you can carry with you into the Moto gazpacho. Yeah. <laughs> go light on the garlic, guys. Yes. Okay, um... Same. No, okay, uh, okay. This is not such a happy subject, but it needs to be mentioned. All right, pulmonary embolism. Uh oh. Yep. Uh, you don't want to have one, and um, it's highly suggested you get off that motorcycle at least every couple of hours. I get off every hour. Um, it's not the kind of thing you want to have happen to you when you're on a bike. Uh, higher. At-risk people are people who are getting on in their years, overweight, diabetic, smoke cigarettes. Uh, if you sit around on a bike, if you're going to try to be Mr. Iron Button and do like five hours in the saddle, you can be uh, building up a nasty little blood clot in there. Yep. And when that thing shoots through your heart, it comes out in your lung, and that's not a good thing. I tell you, there's a lot of down notes in this episode, and there's a lot of up notes too, huh? But it's a good tip. I mean, it's like, it's like a funeral show. Jeez. <laughs> but you know, that's a that's a good jumping off point. It's just, an important tip to remember. Yeah, and just to kind of be aware of um, everything that you're doing when you're riding in the summer, the temperature, your hydration, and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of times we get out there, we start having fun, or we want to try to make a destination, and you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, and you, you want to dismount and walk around. You yeah. don't want to just, like, dismount and stand next to the bike because Tom said to dismount. Right, you know? yeah. You want, to, you want to get some action going. Do there. some of that sound rider yoga on the side of the highway. So what do you got? You got a tip or a trick? I got a tip. Okay. And uh, my tip is to, the next time that you have a maintenance issue that you've never handled, at least take the time to go and get a little YouTube education on it. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of great videos out there. There's some that aren't so great, but usually you can get... <laughs> and you need to watch a few to determine... Yes. Uh, well, you can do that. Who's got their head on straight? Here. And you can kind of go by the uh, the crowd reaction, too, right? If it's got enough sort of uh, comments oh, yeah. and likes and that kind of thing, you can always do that. But, you know, I had a very simple job come up that I had never done before, and it is very simple, and that was just to do a Petcock rebuild. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was just like, well, I got to get in there. I got to remove this thing. I got to drain the gas tank and I got to rebuild this pet cock, but I've never done it. So 15 minutes on the old YouTube, it just gave me kind of the outline. And I had that thing disassembled, reassembled and the gas back in the tank in, I don't know, less than an hour. Oh, you must've missed my YouTube video on that. Uh Oh, maybe I did. Yeah. That's where I have you. I have a close the pet cock. Yep. Take the tank off the bike. Okay. Turn the tank upside down and then you can do the whole repair without draining the tank. Without draining the tank? Except that that way you'll find out if the gasket at the cap is working. Well, I was going to say, I think for me anyway, (laughs) it was much easier just to drain the tank. You just pull the hose off and put another one into the gas, into the the tank there. Yeah. Okay, so. No, don't do it my way. See, that's why I don't make YouTube videos. (laughs) That's right. I would would have like liability lawsuits against me if I made YouTube videos. That's why we stick to audio. But, you know, it's just. (laughs) There's those things, and you know, it always amazes me when you go to motorcycle shops how much you know simple stuff is done at the shops, and particularly in the summertime. You know, I was in a shop the other day. Guy was talking about uh, getting his carburetor cleaned, and the guy who owned the shop. This was out in uh, Spokane. The guy was like, "Don't come to me with a carburetor until uh, until October because uh-huh. I've got nothing but tires and oil changes for all throughout the summer." Oh my lord. You know, so I've it, heard of this happening. Yeah, so that can happen a lot. So hey, you know, don't be afraid to kind of roll up your sleeves and try things out. I know it can seem intimidating, but there's some good resources. Well, I had an interesting mechanical the other day. Went to get new tires on the NX650. Sure. And uh, Gary pulled the tire off and tilted it to one side, and the bearing fell out. Uh oh. <laughs> So all you guys who led me down all those really nasty roads the last <laughs> ten years, you know, y'all, I'm gonna have a little fun for you to all chip into. Were you uh, on that uh, bike during the uh, Rat Trap Pass? Yeah. Okay. With the with the bad with the bad bearing. Yeah. yeah. So I took it to uh, I I got a hold of Mark and Dana over at Valentine. Yep. And uh, Mark suggested that we insert something called a speedy sleeve. Okay. So that's our next uh, project. It'll happen first weekend of July. We're going to stick a speedy sleeve in and pound a new bearing in. And uh, I, you know, I thought, hey, what the heck? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Doing an oil change on that bike is a little bit. You got two different points you have to drain oil from. I that's... said, hey, you know what? As long as you can have the bike and the, the motor's yeah. going to be warm when I bring it in, let's do an oil change at the same time. Sure. I don't want to deal with it here at my condo. That's how the uh, DR350 is too. It holds some oil in the frame. Yeah. So you have to uh, upper on the upper fork sort of of the frame. You have to yep. drain there. Got to drain so, that out, and then yeah. you got to be you know tricky about filling it halfway up and then running the motor and then putting the rest in because you got to distribute it all. It's, 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 I mean, it's a little bit of a task. Yeah, that sounds a little more intricate than mine, which is usually just to drain it and fill it. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why you keep thinking you're burning oil, but you're really not. <laughs> well, maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, check out your wheel bearings too because, you know, motorcycle wheel bearings, that's the uh, pulmonary embolism of the uh, mechanical right. world. So you don't want one of those bearings to shoot off, go to your heart, and then your lung. That's another tip and trick for another show. That's right. <laughs> but uh, for this we, show, yeah, let's, we uh, have come to the end. And uh, we hope you all have a great time this coming month out there riding. Lots of rallies going on. Yep. Lots of rides to do. And we'll meet you back here for the August show on next the, month. That's right. On the Sound Rider Show. We'll see you in August. 
The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.